Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks, lats. Here with my partner, my friend, a beer expert, the Stanford fan, Pac-12 oh, yeah. football coming, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson. That's right. Not much, man. It's a uh, man. Great weekend. We got Mandalorian coming out. Got my uh, my two new pops uh, sporting on our our podcast podcast desk. Uh, got nice. some good beers going this weekend. Got great Hell sports, yeah. man. And I Love mean, it. 70, 75 in California can't beat that. I mean, this I was, is the this is the best time to live in California. I'd love it. <laughs> Man, this weekend's been dope, dude. You know, we had some we had that Gervonta Davis fight last night. That was awesome. Yeah. Huge knockout. Uh, Anderson Silva's last fight last night. I had some awesome college football. You know, we got yeah. Pac-12 right around the corner. Halloween is over, which means christmas is next it's almost time to pop in that hey don't, don't forget about thanksgiving here <laughs> uh, you know but you, can listen, you, you listen to bing crosby throughout the holidays it's damn bing straight. crosby season damn you know? straight <laughs> so you know it's, everything's good over here vegas is starting to cool down as well it was 83 and chilling today so damn that is nice yeah, it was it was very nice uh but yeah man drinking some good beer as always happy to be here great show on deck really looking forward to tonight sweet uh, so before we get to you the beers you're drinking you know want to let everybody know who's listening out there that uh you know jordan and i both love sports and we love beer just as much and uh, we want to support our our local breweries we want to support craft beer and you know we want to let you know what's a good beer and jordan says he doesn't have any good taste but man look at the <laughs> beers that he's been coming up with they have all been on point yeah. and i've been trying them too they've been they've been great so you know we want to support those local tap rooms we want you out there as well and hey if you see one of those beers you know might as well check it out so jordan what are you drinking tonight tonight i got some uh new beers they're West Coast beers. We're moving back to the West Coast for a little bit. Love it. Yeah. Um, the first beer I'm drinking tonight is a brewery that you're familiar with. Um, you haven't drinking one of the shows on the podcast, but you did post one on the Taproom Taproom Sports Instagram. You can follow yep. us at Taproom Sports Podcast. Always posting beer on there. Um, always talking beer. Always talking sports on there as well. But I'm drinking a beer from Newfound Brewery. It's called the Ubadink. It's nice. a West Coast IPA. It's one of their uh, year-round, um, one of their like staple beers. It's a uh, clocks in at seven point two percent. Cool. And we're gonna see how that tastes. I just opened it up, so that's the first one I'm drinking. Nice. I'm gonna be following that up tonight with a special beer. Um, this is a beer that is a limited run from Almanac Brewing Company out of Alameda, California. Shout out the Bay Area. Yeah, um, that's my hometown. Um, and this is uh, this is a beer that honestly, I really bought it because the can it's, uh, you know, kind of looks like a USPS can. Yep. And that's interesting because it is brewed in honor of our mail carriers who keep the gears of democracy turning rain or shine all year long. There we go. 
the election's coming up November 3rd. I said, fuck it. We're going to drink this beer tonight and hope it brings us some good luck come Tuesday. There we go. What are you sipping on tonight, Ben? I know you got some good beers. Ah, I got, I got two great beers. Um, you know, and you know, I know that I know I told Jordan from uh, cover zero last week that I'd review the jammy pants this week, but you know, I got some fresh beer yesterday, literally canned like six days ago. So I had to review it. I will definitely go sour next week and, uh, and get that jammy pants covered. But, uh, you know, the first beer I'm going is, uh, you know, from my little, uh, little hometown, my uh, city of birth. And that's uh, Loma Brewing Company's Appeasement IPA out of Los Gatos. Um, this one's coming in at a 7.5%. So it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit hefty there. Um, you know, I, I just love the description the breweries use when when uh, saying their beers. It's uh, They describe it as bursting with fresh notes of mixed berry, pear, stone fruit, and starburst candy on the nose, complemented with a piney and earth bitter backbone. Sounds good. I mean, I, I just kind of want Starburst now, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if I get those notes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Loma is also kind of cool. It was uh, the dream of former Red Sox Kevin Euclid. Um, So, you know, he, he uh, is described, and again, their site just eats up the ham, but uh, he's a former MLB player that hated the short hops in baseball, but loves the hops of craft beers. Oh. So, <laughs> um, but uh, great food, great beer. I'm looking forward to uh, to this one. I've had a sip and whew, damn. It I is, have a question. It is quality. Yep. I know Los Gatos is home to a lot of former uh, pro athletes, but I don't think Kevin Euclid is from Los Gatos, right? I don't even think no. he's from California. He, uh, I believe his brother, who is co-owner of uh, of the, the brewery and restaurant, set up oh. shop in the Bay Area. And uh, um, and basically, when Eucalyptus got out, saw how nice the Bay Area was, had this opportunity, they uh, they took it and ran for it. It's it's in the old uh, Las Gatos Brewing Company uh, location, so they already had all yeah. the the stuff there. So <clears throat> I've been there before. Yeah. I don't remember it, but I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Good beer, heavy beer. Uh, but the second beer I'm going for, I. I, I had to buy this one when I saw it. Um, so this is Chapman Crafted Beers, and they're out of Orange, California. Um, so this is the Cool Kids Hop Imperial Double IPA mm. coming in at 8.5. Uh, you know, I usually wouldn't buy this beer because it's an 8.5, but uh, the can sold me. It's got the Kool-Aid man busting through a wall instead of uh you know karen kool-aid itself it, he's karen hops so you know i it's a, a you know beer that or beer company that distributes from san diego to seattle so it's a family-owned business that you know really boomed um 18 beers on tap so i'm hoping it's good and oh, wow. uh you know hopefully i'll i'll keep a closer eye out for uh you know more of these beers hey y'all would not believe this so but ben swears like 8.5 beers are like heavy but this man will drink whiskey like water like he will I literally sip six whiskey, glasses man. of whiskey no no hours. no no <laughs> i sip whiskey you. i don't shoot whiskey and it's on ice <laughs> come on six no way maybe two all right whatever 
Before we get into football this week, I wanted to tell you guys about a new show we have airing every Sunday morning. It's called The Weekend Waiver Wire. It's a new show brought to you by Taproom Sports, which features steady Eddie Martin from the APR podcast, dishing out your last minute fantasy advice to bring home the W for the week. Don't get clowned by your friends, coworkers, or your enemies. Tune in to become a Bill Belichick level fantasy GM. Visit www.taproomsportspodcast.com for more information. Alright, well then, let's head into some football. Huge weekend. We had some big games on deck. Huge games. Um, the week started off, we had the Atlanta Falcons heading into Carolina. Carolina was a three and a half point favorite when the line closed. The Falcons ended up winning the game 25-17. to 17. What was your takeaway from uh, the Thursday night uh, barn burners, we love to call it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't surprised with the final here. Um, you know, I knew Julio, Julio, Julio Jones and, uh, you know, what I thought was McCaffrey coming back was going to be a, a huge, you know, game here. We did see Julio Jones. He came in big, man. Seven receptions, 137 yards, you know, but, uh, you know, my big question and I, and I want to ask you this is, you know, is Arthur Blank a dick or is he a genius? Because Matt Ryan is proving that he either wants to stay or that he still wants to make a lot of money when he leaves. I mean, 281 yards today going at 70%, you know, 27 rushing yards and a TD. He's not known to move, but mm-hmm. and those are some pretty good numbers. So Dick or genius. I mean, he's a fucking, he, he is what <laughs> <Both>. he is. <laughs> the thing is though, is like, obviously I don't think the Falcons beyond this year are going to keep Matt Ryan or Julio Jones. I think they're both gone next year. So you know, maybe he was trying to fire up Matt Ryan to entice a team to trade for him or something. I don't know. Uh, but obviously the Falcons, it's it's weird, bro, because like statistically, we said this on APR, like statistically, um, you know, analytically, the Falcons are like a good football team. Like if you look at them by the numbers and you didn't watch the games, yep. they should be a over 500 team. Oh, yeah. Based on the numbers and the projections from that. Yeah, we had them both as our you know, our pick for this division. And that's, that's not happening, especially with Tampa Bay and new Orleans this year. So definitely not happening. Yeah. But I was pissed off with this game because I literally always bet on the Falcons. If you listen (laughs) to APR, you hear it. Yep. And then the, the game, I don't bet on them. I bet against them. They fucking end up winning, dude. It's like unbelievable. It was like a curse. Like I should have known when I bet against them, they were going to win. Yeah, but we were also under the assumption that McCaffrey was going to be back. So, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. That does change up the game a lot there. I thought I, I thought the Panthers would have won even with without McCaffrey. I mean, they yeah. they almost came within three against the Saints. You know, they've been rolling. They were four and three against the spread. Um, but that's, a, that's another good topic of conversation because the Saints barely won against the Bears this week who got yeah. smashed by the Rams last week. I mean, we can go on for days about this, but let's move on to the uh, game of the week. We had the San Francisco 49ers heading into Seattle. The Niners were catching three points. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks ended up winning this game 37 to 27, but it, it looked much worse than that. I mean, this game was like 37 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, the Niners kind of got some garbage touchdowns, but you know, what was your takeaway from this, especially as a, a shitty ass 49er fan? Uh. <laughs> 
Well, luckily I'm not a shitty ass fan. My my 49ers <laughs> are shitty, but uh I mean I I I had this game. I I said on APR that I was going to give them up to a touchdown. Um, you know, 10 points. Like you said, it should have been 14. Um, but you know, more Jim, than that. Yeah, Jimmy G, you know, 11 for 14, which is not bad. But then you look at his 84 total yards, sacked three times, and an interception, and that's pretty bad. Uh, I mean, you can't dink and dunk your way against Seattle. And to be honest, I was more comfortable when Mullins is was in there. And I think that's the first time I've said that as a Niners fan. Um, you know, the only thing but... I'll say about that, though, is, I mean, Mullins was really in there when the game was out of hand. Like, there oh, was yeah. no way they were going to yeah. come back from that. They were down 27, I think, or 24, 20. They were down like more than three scores. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you got to look at that other side, man. Russ is just – he's incredible. Four, four more touchdowns today. Um, you know, and I know you weren't happy with uh, Metcalf going off and Lockett not. But, you know, 161 yards, two touchdowns. Like these – this offense is built to win a Super Bowl. And now it's the defense that, you know, has, has to step up. <clears throat> yeah. And – Jimmy G, like you, you nailed it, dude. Like the defense has to step up, and this was a defense that's literally starting practice squad guys uh, at corner. They literally have a dog shit defensive line. Last week against the Arizona Cardinals, they had zero sacks. Uh, they're bot- they were dead last in the league in sacks heading into tonight. They, I think, they ended up having three or four sacks tonight. Um, plus, they got Jimmy G to throw that interception. I yep. mean, Jimmy, Jimmy G, like, this told me a lot about him. Like, he's not that good, bro. Like, this was a game where a lot of people, and if you uh, if you ask Eddie, too, who, like, is a fantasy expert, a lot of people plugged Jimmy G into their lineup this week because he was going against a yep. shitty Seahawks defense, and he really wasn't able to provide anything. I mean, he, he scored a measly seven points against that defense. Yep. Russ is, I mean, he's still the MVP, Bro, I mean, what can you say? He has 26 touchdowns at this point in the game. Um, at this insane. point in the season, yeah. he's on pace for almost 50 touchdowns this year. Man. More than 50. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Like he's just he's balling out of control. But you're right, dude. I still don't know how elite this Seattle Seahawks team is because that defense is bad, bro. Like yep. it is bad. Yeah. I don't think the Niners. I'm sorry. I don't think the Niners are. Uh, I mean, they're really banged up, bro. Like, we can't really – it's hard to judge the Niners. They have so yep. many injuries, so many guys on IR. But I just think the Seahawks, are they 6-1? and one? They're, like, literally two plays away from being 5-3 and four, or five and three right now. Or, I'm yep. sorry, 4-3. and three. Yep. So, But they got the job done, and, and that's what has to happen. And, they you know, did. it's, it's going to get them a higher seed. So, yeah, that's, that's the big thing. But, I mean, the best team they've played so far is the Arizona Cardinals, and they lost to them. Yeah, true. So, like, where are the Seahawks? And I feel like that's, like, a common theme throughout the NFL right now. I feel like a lot of teams, like the Titans, for example, bro, they just lost to the Bengals today. Yeah. well, They they lost to the Steelers last week. There were some huge upsets today, that's for sure. Um, but like for this division, I I think we're gonna see Arizona and Seattle at one and two, and you know e- either one can take that wild card spot. Um, you know I don't have the. Uh, well, I think this division is gonna get two. This division is gonna get two playoff teams for sure. Oh, yeah, 
Yep, hundred percent. Maybe maybe three, especially with the the added wild card team this year. This division's probably going to get three teams. The South yeah. probably has two. The West probably has three, and then the NFC East is only going to get one. So <clears throat> it's really a battle of third place in this division. Like you just don't want to finish last. Yep. Yeah, and I don't know who has that that spot. Like it, it all depends on how the rest of this year goes because the Rams haven't shown me anything. Dude, the Rams haven't beat anybody, bro. No, no, and the Niners are so banged up. Like I, I can't. I can't put my money on them too. I like, I'm surprised they're four and four right now. Like that's, yeah. that's yeah. huge for what's happening. So it's, and they've had I, some good wins too. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, they beat the Rams. That's a good win. That's a playoff bound team, right? Or playoff. Yep. Someone fighting for a playoff spot possibility. Yeah. And they beat the Patriots on the road. I know the Patriots aren't the Patriots of old, but that's still a good win. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. They've got a chance. <clears throat> they do. Not big. Not big, though. <laughs> well, let's head into a not good division <laughs> with a, <laughs> a, a Sunday night football. You know, they gave us a gen tonight. There was a game on tonight? Dude. <laughs> what? That shit, that shit was difficult to watch, bro. Yep. We had the Philadelphia Eagles. They ended up closing the line against the Cowboys. It was minus 11. They ended up winning the game 23-9. to I mean, by far one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. A fucking – the Cowboys purposely took a safety just so they could, like, not score any more points. I mean, dude, Ben, help my sanity, dude. Tell me about uh, this. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about this game. Uh, I mean, it was – it was abysmal, man. You've got – you know, Wentz, who throws two interceptions tonight. You've got, you know, uh, Danucci, who's third string. Um, you know, he only goes for 180 yards. Wentz only goes for 123 yards, but he did get two touchdowns. You know, you got six turnovers in the game. Like, it's – that's trash. That is Ugly, dude. that is incredible. And and somehow, Philadelphia is going to win this division, which is just, just insane. Insane. This game should have been a lot worse too. Like it should have honestly only been fifteen to nine. <clears throat> Philadelphia got that. They got lucky on that uh, fumble recovery touchdown because that dude was down for sure. Yep. When he recovered the fumble, yeah, dude, this is a just a total dog shit division. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> the Cowboys without Dak, obviously, like that makes it even worse. I mean, Jerry Jones has to pay Dak at this point. Like, yeah, you've seen what this team is without him. Um, it's just crazy though be, how this just shows the Cowboys are a team that shows you how fast the NFL changes because two years ago this team was a 12-win team and then last year they took a step down and then this year you know they they still had that great offensive line that really carried their team two years ago and yep. you know one or two injuries just changes your entire season dude it's it's just wild how the NFL works like that absolutely all absolutely. right so well, wait, hold on. Let's before all we right. get to those those uh, Monday night or that Monday night game, <laughs> we all don't have right, two right. this week, which is weird. Um, yeah. You know these not so primetime games. What you what you see? What you like? Um, I mean the Steelers continue to roll. I took them this week. They continue to make me money. Um, Lamar Jackson, he is a de- he's a good quarterback, but against playoff teams, he's seven and five, so he's closer to five hundred. 
Yeah. When he's down in a game uh, by more than a touchdown, he hasn't won. So my, I still have question marks around Lamar Jackson. Baltimore is still a really great team, dude. Like yeah. this was a battle of two good teams. I think the AFC is definitely between the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers. I think those are the only legitimate teams in the AFC. I think everybody else is kind of just playing for whatever the hell they want to play for. Yeah. Um, Russ, obviously, I mentioned it earlier. He's still the MVP, 26 touchdowns, six interceptions through seven games. He's on pace for over 50 touchdowns. Um, and that, that was really my biggest standouts this week. Yeah. And, you know, just to mention that Steelers-Baltimore game, like that was, you know, like you said, two of the best defenses in the NFL. So it doesn't surprise me that this was – you know, a little bit lower of scoring and, you know, had those turnovers, but uh, they beat the over though. Uh, yeah. Which was a shootout than I expected. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, for my, my big things this week, um, you know, was the weather um, like, holy crap. Yeah. It's, it was perfect here in California, but then, you know, in Cleveland, you've got, uh, you know, 40, 50 mile an hour winds, you know, both teams combining for 22 points, only 234 passing yards and two missed field goals combined like that is that is tough i had browns win in this game and you know it it showed how much you know running Hmm. that the raiders do you know how their rush is just so much better and then yeah you you know it's crazy is this weekend like to this week reminded me so much of like old school football that everybody always talks about where it's like they're playing in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't see any snow, but it was, we didn't see any snow, but just like tough weather conditions where like, you really can't throw the ball. And I was like, damn, that football fucking sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would not want to be out there. Uh, My other big thing this week is man, Tua kind of had a tough day. 12 for 22, 54.6%. Only 93 yards. He did have his first touchdown, so congratulations, you know. But it was only on a 33-yard drive. Uh, wow. But holy shit, that Dolphin defense! Two interceptions, two fumbles, one for a touchdown. The other was at the four. Like, I, I just want to ask: like, was it too early for Tua? I mean, this game definitely. If it wasn't for that defense and special teams, I would say yeah. Because I mean, yeah. there were three and three heading into today. Um, definitely bound for the playoffs. Uh, but like I told everybody on APR, Miami only has three losses at home against West Coast teams. So, dude, there's something about that that Miami. It's with what when West Coast teams go over there, dude. There's something over there. Yeah. But they were able to win this game despite a terrible game, like you mentioned, dude. And um, yeah. I wasn't really high on Tua coming out of college to begin with. I was very shocked that he that they named him a starter when they were three and three and kind of rolling with ryan fitzpatrick but i heard an interview on uh colin cowherd's show this week and one of the insiders was that he was interviewing said that the dolphins don't want a quarterback controversy heading into next season because tua they drafted him you know fifth overall like he's their quarterback of the future so they don't want any quarterback controversy if fitzpatrick were to uh, lead them to the playoffs so they were like hey we'll start him now if we make the playoffs cool we don't have to have a controversy if he doesn't wow. make the playoffs then it's hey we're building for the future wow but that's it was like an easy out you know 
it's a very easy out and to say that you're not playing for the the playoffs like that's well they need putting your putting your putting your best team forward to win the playoff get to the playoffs that's that's a little rough but you know it, it definitely was a good pick for the future i think um you know and we saw today that that you know that team does have some promise that's for sure they just got the only thing the is ball. though is that tua isn't elusive though he's not <laughs> as he's not as quick as most people think like he's more of a pocket passer than he is a scrambler you know yeah he reminds me of big ben and uh you know Same we'll see drew Brees. okay yeah i can like, see that like young drew Brees. yeah yeah i can definitely see that what's your other surprise of the week ben Oh, I mean, I I can go into that one. I was I was gonna skip over it, but uh, man, Cam, oh Cam, 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 uh, Cam had another tough day today. Uh, you know, he did get a rushing touchdown, um, but you know, only 174 total passing yards, 15 for 25, and a very critical fumble. Um, you know, so is this uh, is this the end of Cam? And you know, more so, does he sign anywhere this offseason? You know, probably sign for cheap somewhere that someone that needs a quarterback that doesn't win the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields sweepstakes. But yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah, no, <laughs> what two touchdowns so far this year? Like, a uh. hey, pre-COVID Cam was on fire though. That's true, but it was all rushing. But yeah, post-COVID Cam has not been of any quality. So I'm I'm worried that he does not get a starting position next year. Do you think um hear me out on this real quick? I don't mean to go on too long, but um, no, the Niners aren't picking up Cam. No, no, no. Hear me out on this. Okay. So Bill Belichick, like all his success has come with Tom Brady, right? Yep. And all that success started in like 2000 when he had guys like um uh, Lawyer Malloy and Teddy Bruschi and Ty Law and Troy Brown. And he had all these like veteran guys that bought into the Patriot way. Right. And Tom Brady was kind of that bridge from like those teams in the early two thousands to like, even, you know, two decades, like he was that bridge to the new uh, era. And like they say, millennials are more like entitled type people. Right. Yeah. Do you think that Tom Brady leaving kind of change that entire locker room because who's that player on the Patriots that young players can look up to and say like hey um you know I'm gonna do it the Patriot way you know a yes I'm sure that plays a part of it um but let's look at last year's team which was successful and their defense ran the ball game we didn't look for you know, Tom Brady to be the Tom Brady of the, you know, early to mid 2000s. But play on the field aside, I'm talking like locker room. Oh, absolutely. Locker room. Yeah. And I I think, you know, the other big factor of this is that we've got six people on the defensive side, you know, opt out of this season for COVID. So it really has put, you know, an emphasis on, you know, on cam. Yeah. And, you know, that offense isn't built to win games like they don't have that huge standout that changes games um you know so i don't see the offense you know winning you ball games and with a good chunk of your defense i don't see that defense winning them the game that they did you know time and time again last year yeah 
but I mean, do you, I mean, you taught kids, dude, like you understand how like the younger generation works. Like, do you think without a guy like Tom Brady in that locker room, like they can sustain that like Patriot type way? I mean, you're talking about like young guys you bring in making millions of dollars and you're asking them to just like focus on the team rather than themselves. Like, yeah. do you think that could work still without a guy like Tom Brady in that locker room? Um, I mean, you have to look at other people to step up, and I'm guessing that we haven't seen anyone step up. Um, you know, I think Bill Belichick plays a huge part of that role. And, you know, if yes, it's different because he's the coach and, you know, you're, it's not a player. But, uh, you know, yes, there is a huge void that Tom Brady has lost, like that they've lost because of Tom Brady, you know, and we don't know who's filled that. And it right now it's not looking like anybody has. Yeah. I just think, I think when it comes to professional athletes, like you have to have a, like a middle ground between the coach and the rest of the team. And I think there's like leaders as in players like Michael Jordan and stuff. But anyways, let's move on to Tom Brady on Monday night football, heading into New York against the giants. The bucks are minus 11 right now. Minus thirteen. It just oh, minus thirteen moved even more since we've uh, done our notes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hey, Bucks minus thirteen on the road against the Giants. How do you see this one playing out? Um, so I'm going to talk about this one later. Um, but I, I, I think this is going to be a route here. Um, you know, you've got AB coming in, which is going to be, you know, the the highlight, and I think Brady's going to be you know, trying to make that spotlight superstar throw, you know, to get that long ball. Um, uh, Evans, I think is going to have a great game and I'm really kind of glad that Godwin is out because, you know, he, then they don't have to spread the ball through three different uh, wide receivers. Is Antonio Brown playing? No, he's I not playing. So. No. Yeah, I think he's playing tomorrow. No, I think he's suspended still, bro. Uh, Let's check this. Yep. While you're checking the... I'm going to say that regardless of Antonio Brown or whatever, the Bucks are number one defense, DVOA, going against fucking uh, the Daniel Jones, who is just an awful quarterback. I mean, this guy has almost as many turnovers per game as Kyle Allen. Yep. Uh, so I just – I think this one's going to get ugly. Like, I don't even think Brady's going to have to do anything. Yeah, you're right. So, and you were right about uh... – about AB, he's still suspended, so he'll be in uh, next week. But uh, possibly next week, he yeah, hasn't been reinstated true. yet. Very true. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be ugly. And you know, we talked about it on APR. You, you gave the, you know, my over under of uh, Daniel Jones turnovers at one and a half. Uh, you know, a laugh. Um, yeah, I think you you were saying three, so yeah, I definitely dude. think I definitely think we uh, we gotta see that. This one could get ugly real fast, dude. Uh, Devontae Freeman's out too for the Giants, so oh yeah, <laughs> there. This one uh, this one's gonna be horrible. So you got you you're, you're gonna lay the thirteen with the Bucks here. I mean, we'll find out if I do that. If I do over under, we'll we'll All see. Right. We'll see. Uh, well, I'm saying for this game, I like the. I like the Bucks minus 13 right now. That's a lot yep. of points on Monday night, though. That's a lot of points, though. Need to get prepared for the NFL weekend? 
Join us on APR, The Annexation of Puerto Rico, an ode to the Little Giants movie of 1994 starring Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis. It's a new football podcast brought to you by Taproom Sports Podcast. It features Taproom Sports Podcast host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, Lats, that's me, and Mr. Big Ballin' Ben Larson. And that's me. Joined by Steady Eddie as they preview the upcoming week's slate of games from a betting and fantasy point of view. Visit www.taproomsportspodcast.com for more information. All right, now that we're done with football, we got the Dodgers winning the World Series. That was a it was a tough Tuesday this uh, this last week. For my giant's heart but you know it it was also tough for my best bet let's be real i i thought it was gonna go seven games but we had the dodgers winning the world series in game six against the tampa bay rays what a series what a game six man um what do you oh, yeah. what do you like about the series what do you like about this game Man, I love this series because I said it from the beginning, the Dodgers were going to win the World Series. So this is like the first time in like, Jesus Christ, I can't even think of how long that I picked the winning, the winner to win the World Series at the beginning of the year, (laughs) dude. So I was stoked for that. But I told you from the beginning, the Dodgers are just way too well-rounded of a, a baseball team. I mean, their weakness was their bullpen, but they figured out a way to like, hide that weakness when it oh, yeah. mattered most and they did that by bridging like players like jose urias from starter to closer, yep. and that was huge blake trinan came back to his 2018 self i mean he was throwing that nasty slider that just i mean 2018 as an ace fan when he was our closer that man had a sub one era he was like unhittable and yep. he like brought that stuff back in the postseason. That was dope to see. Um, the Rays just their bats, they just didn't have enough, dude. They just, other than um that one kid, the rookie that set the major league record. Yep. I fucking can't even think of his name off the top of my head. He's like their 19th best prospect heading into the year, dude. Yeah, it's just, like Abrandio or something like that. Yeah, an unreal season from that kid, dude. Unbelievable postseason run. I mean, he's gonna get paid just because of this oh, postseason, yeah. dude. Yep. Um, but the Dodgers just way too well balanced, man. Walker Bueller, unbelievable pitcher. Um, Jose Urias, unbelievable postseason. Clayton Kershaw raising that World Series trophy, finally, finally getting that monkey off his back. Shout out to Clayton Kershaw. Um, yeah, man. And the best thing about it was that Giants fans just had to drink all them salty tears. I mean. I'm not going to cry over this one. There, I don't know about oh, our, our salty you. tears, but uh, I mean, and let's be real. There's no, I told you so is here. Like we both have the Dodgers winning. I mean, look at the Dodgers. I mean, wow. just, you had the Yankees. Just, I had, I had it being a Dodgers Yankees world series and that uh, Yankees didn't even come close. It once, uh, even in the, you know, when the, uh, bubble or whatever the playoffs started like i had dodgers um with you there so uh, let's 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 look at this too like they had the best record in baseball with this yep. uh 
again 0.717 winning percentage yep they again, have the best record the every year season, they i this surprised me that only the colorado rockies were the only team to beat them in a series and they only lost insane, one bro. series this year um you know glad to see kershaw um you know lift that trophy like you said but uh, there were two big things about you know game six and the first was the pitching you know, 27 strikeouts between the two teams, which is insane. Um, you know, Dodgers using seven pitchers, which was a uh, World Series record for a, a winning game. And that Blake Snell pulling, like that came yeah. out of nowhere and turned out to be one of the worst moves, um, you know, we've seen this year in baseball. And well, that's hella man, tough to that's hella tough to criticize, though, because if it ended up working out, then you would be oh, yeah. like saying like, oh, that was such was a genius best move. move. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, you, but it you also you also have to remember Ben, the game too that Blake Snow pitched. Yep. It third time through the lineup, he gave up four runs. Oh no, I I'm not saying that it was a bad move. I would have done the exact same thing. Well, I would have let him go one more batter and uh, would have pulled him right before Mookie. Um, but like <laughs> it it just it turned out to be what what kind of changed the ball game, and we can't go without talking Mookie I mean yeah. he is he I said it in my uh you know minute rant on uh, APR that he, he's going to be one of the best signings in Dodger history because he's going to be there and playing this level of baseball for his whole contract and you know yeah. it's unfortunate but I you know I don't see this Dodger team getting any worse you know within the next nope. couple of years so it's it's going to be tough. Um, last thing I want to talk baseball before, you know, before we move into, I think college football is like that. What happened with Justin Turner, um, you know, leaving the game in the seventh inning and then showing up maskless at times during the celebration. I mean, what, Crazy. what do you think baseball is going to do with this? I mean, I was hearing that, He's, he's he's probably definitely going to be suspended minimum 50 games could be possibly be all of next season what yeah, yeah but you have a like a cheating like a cheating astros team that gets a slap on the wrist bro mlbpa oh bro they have, the, they have the best union in all of sports hands down they have one of the best unions in america there's a major league baseball bro. players association which is why i wouldn't be surprised if justin turner doesn't get any games because yep. the players association could be like, well, I mean, you, you didn't suspend anybody on the Marlins. You didn't suspend anybody on the Cardinals, yep. even when they admitted to going to casinos. So, I mean, it's crazy. It was a crazy situation. Um, you know, his teammates came out later and they were kind of like all cool with it. So, I mean, if, yeah. if his teammates are cool with it, it's hard to be I, upset. It's it's tough to see him sitting next to Dave Roberts, who's, a, you know, leukemia lymphoma survivor and just, not giving a fuck but you know at the same time he didn't give a fuck either so that's what i'm saying like how can you can't be mad at the dude when his teammates were like they all came even publicly they came out yeah yeah you know we wanted him to celebrate with us so Uh, i mean it's it's just my dodger hate don't worry (laughs) now that we got baseball out of the way nba's not coming back for a little bit nhl's on break uh, the only thing we really got to talk about is football and college football is one of my favorite sports of all. I love college football. 
I'm stoked to bring it on the show finally. We're halfway through the SEC, ACC season. We just got Big Ten coming on. Pac-12 is about to come on, and Pac-12 is my favorite, man. I cannot wait. Uh, Man, I'm so stoked right now. But we had a huge news story break this week, and it was like the big first story of COVID that we've had with football. I mean, we've had – you know, Florida had 25, 50 positive tests, which we spoke about on the show. Um, we've had stuff like that, but we have not had a player like Trevor Lawrence test positive for COVID-19 yet. And it happened this week. He did not play against Boston College. They ended up barely squeaking out the win. Um, but what do you think, Ben? What, what's your thoughts on uh, Trevor Lawrence? Definitely the biggest name in college football has tested positive. Oh, 100%. Uh, but before I get into Trevor Lawrence... I want to talk. I just popped open this cool kid hops, um, you know, double IPA and nice. uh, it's, it's got the Kool-Aid man on the top and Oh Does yeah. It tastes like Kool-Aid, it's good. Bro. It doesn't taste like Kool-Aid, but Oh <laughs> yeah, it's good. All right. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, let's, let's get back to this. It, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he's, you know, he's tested positive, um, you know, especially being in what comes in South Carolina where, you know, they have students on campus. Um, they have, you know, they're, they're going into class. They've travels like there's, there's a lot of, you know, back and forth here. So I, it's tough to see that. Um, I, I think it really hurts Clemson. We saw them just kind of eke out a, a victory against Boston college, but hey, I think. Ben, you know, it's hella funny about Trevor Lawrence testing yeah. positive And like, you're talking about the students on campus and shit. Yeah, is me- remember in the beginning of the year he was the one that said that students are safer on campus than they yeah. are at home. Yep, yeah, uh, nice try. <laughs> um, like, I, but I think it didn't. Him testing positive didn't necessarily hurt them too much this week, but I think no. next week when they play Notre Dame, that's mm. the the big issue here. And you know, I, no Notre Dame's got that offense that puts up a lot of points and uh the last two weeks uh, but they've they've been a good football team over the last couple of years um but uh ugalele i love saying his last name 6'4 249 pounds as a true freshman like he's only gonna be getting bigger um you know so i i think it's uh you know that's gonna be a tough game for him next weekend but uh you know i i hope lt gets better and you know it doesn't fuck him up long term um i don't think it's going to fuck him up long term yeah, i mean no, probably clemson not. clemson's a very talented team and ukulele i'm gonna call him ukulele yes his new nickname i love <laughs> the ukulele by the way uh now ukulele he was good last week bro like they started off a little bit slow but he really got going he threw for over 300 he threw for almost 400 yards um and once that defense really locked down, I think, honestly, I think the defense was really looking forward to the Notre Dame game. I think they kind of started off slow because of that. But, I mean, once they – the second half, dude, they didn't even allow a single point. Like, they kind of just locked down. Like, that's who Clemson is. Um, I'm going to get into more of this game later. But it was big that Trevor Lawrence tested positive. Um, yeah. It's uh, – a it sucks, but, I mean, it is what it is. You, you got to move on and – you know, Clemson can do it. They're talented enough. Yeah. The next thing I want to talk to you about, though, is Jim Harbaugh. I mean, this man has been at Michigan for five years now. This is his sixth season. 
Mm-hmm. He's the fourth highest paid head coach in college football, and he's two and eleven against top twenty. Actually, two and twelve now against top twenty-five teams, and he's one and four in bowl games. Yeah. Like, do you think it's time for Michigan to move on, especially after losing to Mel Tucker in his first game uh, against Michigan? Do you think it's time for Michigan to, like, start considering moving on from, from Jim Harbaugh? You know, I, I, I have that a tough feeling here because, yes, I think it is time for Michigan to move on. But when you're paying him $7 million, I don't think you can. Like, that is a huge chunk of money to just be throwing away in a college program. And, you know, like you said, he's in his sixth year. It was a seven-year deal, so he does have one more year on that contract. But, I mean, you got to look at the offenses that that is playing right now. They had eight punts against Michigan State, and this is supposed to be their biggest game of the year. Like in Second they, biggest it, game of the year. Yeah, it Ohio just didn't... State number one. Okay, yeah, I can see that. But like, they just they weren't prepared for this, and you know, I I think that does lead to coaching, and um, you know, so it it's tough. Um, you know, this is a crazy year. I think they at least ride it out through twenty twenty. Um, yeah. Whew. But I don't. To be honest, I don't think you can eat that seven million, and then I pay mean... another coach a couple more million. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what kind of coach is going to become available that would be, like, better than him, per se. Yeah. I mean, the biggest problem is that they don't recruit well against Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. had, there's 25-star recruits in that conference, and Ohio State is 14 of them. Like, wow. Wow. That just, tells, that just tells you Ohio State's ability to out-recruit every other team in that conference. But yeah. if I'm paying a guy top five in the country, like, I at least need – some conference titles dude and he hasn't been able to do that yeah if you don't give me a conference title i at least need some bowl wins and he's not doing that i think at this point if you're like the michigan ad i don't even know his or her name but i think it's honestly time to start contemplating this because the football program is your number one money maker like that's what brings money in facts and so you need to be more relevant if you're paying a top guy that kind of money and i think they're I think their hope when they hired Jim Harbaugh was that him being at Stanford and University of San Diego, that he was going to be able to recruit the West Coast well, yep. but he hasn't been able to do that. And I think that's been some of their biggest struggles there at Michigan. But, I mean, I think it's personally time for Michigan to move on. But I, I agree with you. I think that they will stay the course just because of the money owed. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, my favorite conference – Yes, sir. Mine too. Act 12 begins play next Saturday. My USC Trojans lead off everything at fucking nine in the morning, dude. What the fuck is that? <laughs> shit? Dude, they play Arizona State at nine in the morning, Pacific Standard Time, dude. What the fuck is that shit? Hey, dude? It, it's a, a good wake up, man. It's a good wake up. Every single Saturday, a team plays at nine in the morning. That is not fair to those teams, dude. College kids playing at nine in the morning. This isn't Pop Warner, bro. Hey, I get all the 430 games, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> dude, this shit is crazy. Nine in the morning, dude. Yeah. yeah. When I saw I mean, that, I thought it was like, I thought it was a misprint. And then like, I actually like researched it more. I was like, dude, what? Yeah. I. 
You won't have to worry. I don't think USC is going anywhere this year. So you're crazy, bro. They have the best quarterback in the conference by a large margin. Yeah. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, probably the third best quarterback in the country. Yeah. I mean, this this pains me to say because I'm not calling out my Cardinal here for the win in the Pac-12, but I, I think Oregon's going to take it again this year. No, who's um, the quarterback? They got nobody at quarterback. They're really yeah. locked in their, their number one player, offensive lineman. Uh, I can't pronounce his name, but he has opted out of the season as well. Look at their, their strength of schedule, though. It's just – it's unbeatable. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're – out of conference team is UCLA. Like that's not going to be a difficult game. And then they're playing, you know, yeah, the, the other team this, that man. I think UCLA's yep. coach is Chip Kelly, former Oregon duck coach. You think he don't want it. You don't think he got that game circled on his fucking schedule. Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. But I mean, it's, it's all about the players on the field there. I think they're, I think the ducks are going to take that. You know, I think their, their toughest game is going to be Washington, um, you know, at the end of the season there, I, I got them slated as going number two and uh, I'd, I'd love to say that my Cardinals are going to be number three, you know, damn it. I'm going to say my Cardinals are going to be number three because I can dream and say, hey, we, we've got Colorado as our out of division uh, game. So three, three in the Pac-12 this year, ain't going to cut it. I definitely oh, think no. Oregon and USC are the two best teams in the conference, hands down. I think USC definitely wins the South hands down, even though the South is a lot tougher. They got Arizona state. Who's very good. Utah. Who's very good. Um, who knows how, what UCLA is going to be probably dog shit again, but the North is definitely the easier route. I definitely think Oregon should sweep that. Although I'm not sure about their starting quarterback. Cause Justin Herbert's gone. Yeah. Um, their star left tackle. Uh, he's not playing this year. So they're really relying on that defense to really carry them. Um, with that said, all all object being completely objective, all home runners aside, I like USC to win the Pac-12 here. I think USC is like a top five team. I, we would have seen it to be honest if they played Alabama to start the year because they would have won that game. They're so talented, dude. They returned all eleven starters on defense. They have the net. They have. Easily top three quarterback in Keaton Slovis. They got even better wide receivers. They got Brew McCoy, five-star receiver. He was a redshirt freshman last year. He's starting this year. I'm on St. Ramon. Just a a great overall team. I like USC to win the Pac-12. I like them to be in the college football playoff as well. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know my college football like you do, but um, I – I kind of think you're dreaming there, but uh, no, no dreams here. <laughs> but but hey. we'll see. They've only got six games to prove mm. themselves, so we'll we'll see how this this goes. Seven games, seven games, seven games, okay. seven games. All right, <clears throat> they're gonna make the playoff. Yeah, hey, and so I'm I, I, I do want to say that I am looking forward to uh, you know the Saturday the 27th because that's big game uh, big game Saturday for us uh, Stanford and. Uh, and Cal fans and, uh, you know, hoping to get Kent wheat, the uh, head brewer from rock bottom Campbell in here to uh, preview that game and talk some beer with us. So, you know, oh, that, yeah. that should be exciting, but uh, you know, I, I do want to ask what's your top 10 team. My top 10 teams. We're going to do this every week for the rest of the year in college football. We're going to start off number 10. I like Marshall university. Number nine, BYU. 
Number eight, Florida. Number seven, Texas A&M. Number six, I got Georgia. Number five, I got Cincinnati, a great sleeper team. Undefeated this year, really balling out. Great team. If you haven't watched them, I suggest you do. They're a great overall team. Number four, I got Notre Dame. Number three, with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Number two, Alabama. And number one, still got Clemson there. They're going to be number one until they get knocked off. I think they are definitely hands down, even without Trevor Lawrence, still the best team in the country. I like it. And and I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like next week when Notre Dame wins. So, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> are we going to uh, hey, let's we got to put a shot bet on here. All right. Let's let's do I a got shot Clemson, bet. You got Notre Dame. Okay. I'll even like give it. you the six and a half points. All right. I, I won't need it, but okay. I'll take it. Even better. Enjoy that shot. <laughs> All right, we are heading into one of our favorite sections of the podcast, our TMZ section, our headlines of the week. We call it Pour Me Another. We've got an NBA, we've got UFC, and we've got hockey this week. But to start it off, we are going to be talking NBA. We've got the NBA projecting a $4 billion loss due to the delayed start and lack of fans in the 2021 season. After pushing back the deadline to allow the NBA to serve notice of termination at the CBA due to the coronavirus, of course, which gets us one week closer to the already close proposed Christmas start, if the season's delayed any bit more going into 2021, they fear an additional $500 million to another billion-dollar loss. When do you think this NBA season is starting? Well, I mean, just after reading those numbers, I definitely think that it starts by Christmas. A big yeah. part of that is because the players receive 50% of the revenue. So, um, I mean, the players obviously are going to want to get started as well. I mean, they already, they're coming off a season where they lost you know, $5 billion to begin with. So, I mean, I don't see how they don't start after Christmas at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised too if we don't start before Christmas. But, I, I mean, you're right. It's a ton of money to lose. But, man, having the draft on the 18th and then only a month to get all the paperwork, to train, to learn new systems, that's going to be rough for these rookies. Um, you know, and, and what about the teams who haven't been playing since March when COVID started? What about the teams that just finished up less than a month ago? I mean, we saw Danny Green come out this week saying most of the guys, you know, said that if they start in December, they're not likely going to be going to be playing. And he even put LeBron in that. Um, so, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, a, a shitty start of the year if we do see, you know, a Christmas start date. But it's all about the money. So. Danny Green's crazy, bro. Take that money away from him. He's going to be like, all right, I'll be there. Yeah. (laughs) Facts. Crazy. All right, well, this weekend we saw Anderson Silva close out his UFC career. A couple weeks ago we saw Khabib say it was his end. Dana White said he expects Khabib to return because his father always wanted him to go 30 and up. And he wants to fulfill that wish. He said he's been in discussion with Khabib. And that Saturday night was very emotional for him. That's two Saturday nights ago. 
Do you think Khabib returns? I don't, um, you know, I don't think that you take that risk. You know, what happens if you come in a huge favor like he probably would be and he hurts himself early in that fight and takes the loss? Like, it's it, it's rare, but, I mean, we saw that, um, shit, what was that fighter just, you know, uh, in Abu Dhabi that broke his foot on his, like, first kick and, you know, yeah, and he was he was a huge favor in that fight. So, you know, I I mean, the only way I see it happening is if it literally was his father's dying wish. I mean, his mom is uh, the only th- really thing that he has left. So, you know, I think that promise outweighs his father's want. But that's that's just me. I don't know, man. He's always like talked about his dad and like his that love that he had as for his trainer and all that stuff. Um, his dad was like his main trainer, so I think that this they could be onto something. The only thing is, is that like he's he's gone through everyone in lightweight that is worth a while, especially yeah. after Ga- Gaethje beat Ferguson because that was really the only question. But I mean, since Gaethje handled Ferguson and Khabib handled Gaethje, and Khabib's really handled everybody's fought. Yeah. I think the only fight left for him is GSP, who hasn't fought in I don't know how long. Yep. And I mean. But I could see it like that's that would be a great fight. I'll pay to watch that fight. Yeah. All um, right. And last last we got. Oh, you got more on that? No, no, no. That was, okay. That's all. Okay. Uh, last we got we got the Arizona Coyotes, and man, this has been a rough year for the Coyotes. Um, they have just dropped their highest 2020 draft pick, uh, Mitchell Miller, this week when reports were made public that Mitchell in. 2016 was convicted of bullying a younger black classmate that also had developmental disabilities. Um, Once Arizona made their decision, we saw the University of North Dakota, a huge hockey uh, college, announce that Mitchell was no longer allowed to play for the team. Um, Do you think these dismissals were correct? Yeah, man. I mean, this should go as notice to anybody else growing up, you know, like, don't pick on kids especially don't be like that kind of an asshole where you're like racist and all that shit yeah more so this just shows how dog shit of an organization the arizona coyotes are i mean they literally just got fined for bringing in recruits early and you mean to tell me that you knew of this all along and you tried to keep it a secret once it came out as a story then you cut ties with them like dude the arizona Cardinals, the arizona coyotes need to fucking get sold to somebody else like the nhl needs to step in at this point and be like yo like you're literally like tarnishing our name as a league yeah. we need to get you to an owner that cares if that means moving them then move them like that's a bad look on the nhl at this point yeah 100 percent. and yeah um this one really pisses me off and you said it earlier i i used to teach and uh, you know from the teacher standpoint like you never want to see anybody bullied but you never want to see anyone bullied who cannot defend themselves and that makes this even worse uh, you know throughout this, the 2016 trial the judge and jury specifically like they said that mitchell did not apologize or show any remorse for his actions not even acting it for the trial um, isaiah the boy that was bullied stated that the slurs and threats continued for over two years after the trial and you know if you don't see anything wrong with this 
what's going to stop him from hurting someone who also has a big future and, and ruin their lives? Uh, I'm kind of pissed off at both Arizona and uh, UND here. Um, you both knew about this trial conviction. I'm sure you interviewed him before the drafting or accepting him into your school. I mean, we know he sent a letter to every NHL team describing his past. Um, but if that report didn't come out, it didn't go to the media, he'd still be playing for your organization. So that uh, on you. Um, you know, this is this is just a, a way out for you. I mean, they do lose the draft pick, though, right? Oh yeah, they lose the draft pick. They lose their spot, their uh, their sponsorship or their uh, scholarship at UND. So, well, but the Arizona Coyotes lose the draft pick, right? Oh yeah, yep. So they just wasted an eleventh pick. Oh no, no, no! This was the third round. They didn't have their first this year in the uh, uh, the Hall yeah. trade. The second uh, was taken away from them from their uh, from that stupid shit they did. Yeah. Yep. So I think this was third or fourth round. Whatever. I mean, they lost. It was still their highest pick. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's head into my usual favorite <laughs> segment of the show. Hey, we had to come down to earth this week. We always, we've been coming down to earth way too much lately. Hey, I, I like was that. 4-0 before this week. Oh, and I last three. Geez. All right. Well, hey, hey we're going to be positive this week, Ben. All right. We're going to bring it back. Hey, we're going to talk about coming back down to earth. We're going to come back up to Mars. We're going to come back up to the stars. Like we're going to give some winners this week. But last week... Man, it was a tough week for me. Very tough week for both of us, actually. Yep. We actually went over four. So, if y'all followed us, I'm sorry you're in poverty this week. <laughs> um, um, I was very confident, but I am still confident. This We're gonna week. get you four wins this week. We're gonna get four wins this week. I promise it. Uh, I gave you all the Bears plus six. That was a massive L. But if you followed me on APR, the Bears bring me. Uh, my second best bet of the week, World Series, Game 6 over. I said it would, I would take it up to 8.5, but that shit didn't even hit 7.5. <laughs> nope. That was a loser. I am sorry. My man Ben here, he had Tampa Bay winning Game 6. I told him not to do it. I, told him I thought it was going it. 7. So he had an L there. And he said Tennessee minus 4.5 this week at the Bengals. Man, he could have taken that down to a money line and he took L, L, L. Yep. So, Ben, let's get it back this week. What are your two best bets this week? All right. I like it. Um, so, I told you earlier I was going to talk about the Tampa Bay and the New York Giants game. It's, uh, it's sitting at 13 points right now. Uh, that's really high. It's really, really high. I usually wouldn't do this. Hey, I said uh, that the uh, Kansas City was going to hit that 19.5 point spread, and boom, that happened. So I'm going to go with 13. We've got Tampa Bay over the New York Giants on Monday night football. I mean, the way I see it, it's probably going to be a blowout. I'm thinking 35 to 12, 35, 15. So, you know, either way it covers. Um, I, I think just like the Jets this week, you know, the Giants are, their only offense is going to be through field goals. Um, I'm putting at least two t- ter- two turnovers on Daniel Jones. 
Um, Let's go. So I'm I'm taking Tampa Bay by 13, and you know I'm gonna put the over on good measure here too. It's it's sitting at 45 right now. I I like that as well. And uh, extra, is that an extra bonus? It's it's an extra bonus there. I, I don't know if I can count as the best bet because you can't parlay those uh, those spreads and overs. But uh, I I like the over here as well. So. All right. All right. So uh, the second game here, we're going for uh, our second best bet is we're going week nine action. We've got the Dolphins going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. Right now, the Cardinals are holding a four and a half point favor here. And, I mean, the Dolphin D was out of this world this weekend, but I don't see lightning, you know, striking twice here. Uh, the Cardinals were already prepping for the Dolphins with their bye week, and I'm sure they're going to be looking at ball management this week. That's what the uh, the Dolphins really, you know, how they took the game. I see Kyler looking good. I see DeAndre looking good. I see Tua looking adequate again. So I'm going to take Arizona. I mean, by I'd go a touchdown, but uh, right now it's sitting at four and a half. So Arizona by four and a half. What bets do you have going? Shit, minus four and a half. I would run with right it right now as well. Run with it. Yep. But I'm also a Cardinals fan, so y'all might want to take that with a grain of salt. But I definitely objectively take. I'm with you, Ben. I yep. like that. Hey, Arizona minus four and a half. But that's not one of my best bets. One of my best bets, this is a tap room podcast first right here. This is the first time this has ever been done. I'm going college football. I, I got to go back to, back to my bread and butter. But this is a tap room podcast first because my best bet, I got a bet with Mr. Big Ball and himself, Ben Larson. I got Clemson minus six and a half against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. The bums of South Bend. I got Clemson going in there. I don't care who's their quarterback. It could be ukulele, ukulele, ukulele. I don't care. Clemson got way too much talent on defense. They got too much talent around the quarterback. Clemson recruits way too well. I told you all about the stat earlier. Ohio State has 14 out of 20 uh, five stars in the Big Ten. Well, Clemson has 11 out of 14 five stars in the ACC. I love Clemson. Let's lock her up. Minus six and a half. Get it now before it goes up. My second best bet of the week. Man, I I, I don't want to to jump in here, but taking an L and a shot next week, that's, oh, that's going to no, be tough. No, 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 no. That's going to no. be tough. Okay, but let's, let's see that second one. Hey, second best bet of the week. I'm going West Virginia versus Texas over 57 and a half. This is two of the best offenses in the Big 12. Both of these teams average over 30 points a game. Texas's defense is fucking sorry as shit. West Virginia's defense, a little bit better, but not that good. I love the West Virginia versus Texas over 57 and a half. Let's lock it up now before it goes over 60 and a half, because then you want to start questioning it. Let's get it early. If you're listening to this on Monday, lock it up. West Virginia versus Texas over 57 and a half. All right. And, and just to add something in here, if we go 3-0 and on those bets, and I don't have to take that Clemson bet, I'm taking a shot with you because we are making people money. That's right. Hey, I like it. We're going to make y'all money this week, I swear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So I, that was the sports 
kind of aspect of our podcast. I we both had some great beers this week, and I know mine yes. were outstanding. Um, I'm a little you fucked know, up right now. Tell me, tell me about that Ubedank out of uh, out of Sacramento. The Ubedank was good. It definitely wasn't the best IPA I've ever had. Definitely wasn't the worst. Um, seven point two. It says that it's citrusy. It was all right. I'm gonna give it a three point seven out of five. Okay. So that means that I would buy it, or I'd drink it again. I'd probably buy it again. This almanac, on the other hand, for the sake of democracy, <laughs> for the sake of the USPS, this was a great fucking double. Ooh, I like, like to hear it. This is this this one is very good. The aromas, everything in it is just beautiful. (laughs) Hmm. My gosh, I love this beer. All right, I'm I'm gonna give it a four point five out of five. Ooh, I'm getting some. That's for sure. All right, so I had uh, I had the two beers. The one they were well, one was local, one was uh, fairly local. The first one I had was the Loma Brewing Company Appeasement IPA. This was the seven point five percent. I gotta and, know about this one, Los Gatos. Oh, wow! Stand up! Wow! Wow! This wow beer was amazing. It may be, you know, it is in my top five IPAs. It may be in my top five overall. Does it hit as well as Eucalyptus Walked though? It hits better than than Eucalyptus Walked. Then he walked. Uh, that yeah. Because remember he's the because remember he's the walk king. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Moneyball. He's the Greek yeah. god of walks. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It it was just as good as Eucalyptus Walks. Um, fuck justin peck head brewer at loma you have made an amazing beer it's crisp it's crystal clear it's got great hop notes it's a little oh, piney shit. it's uh, it's a oh, 7.5 and that really scares me because i drank this in like 10 15 minutes and Ooh. it's yeah, it's dangerous i'm i'm already on my way to get another four pack right now Yuke, let's good go shit, man I like your beer. I like you as an owner better than Red Sox go Yankees. Um, I'm giving this some to me, dude. I'm giving this a 4.9 out of five. I will send you some. It is an outstanding IPA. Um, Yes. Love to hear it. My second beer, the the cool kids, uh, cool kids hops, double IPA, 8.5. Yeah. It, it was the Cascade, Mosaic, Galaxy, and Citra hops. Um, it says peachy and tropical. Yeah, I can taste that. Um, it also says it tastes like, oh, yeah, and it tastes like, oh, yeah. Uh, it's an 8.5, though. As this gets warmer, it's a little bit tougher to drink. So because of that, I'm going to lower the number a little bit down. And I'm still going to give this one a 4.1 out of five. It was an outstanding beer. I'm going to go and uh, get some more of this. I want to try it on tap if I'm ever down in Orange, California. Um, but man, I can't get over this uh, this Loma Appeasement IPA. That's, whew, that's outstanding. 
man so. i definitely gotta try some of that yeah i i mean i'm getting more so i'll, I'll send you some that's for sure hey so, ben 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 before we before you lead us out yes. i gotta say shout out to our san jose state spartans oh another, another. w another hey win. we got a big game on friday we're 13 uh nine and a half point underdogs against san diego state good team hey Let's you, take have this any, w. you have any quick thoughts on that game I mean, I'd love to see, I'd love to see San Jose State, um, you know, playing well. Um, loved going out to Spartan Stadium to watch those games. Um, San Diego State's going to be tough. I I think we can pull a six and a half points right here. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Even yeah, we can pull a six and a half point spread. So damn it, we'll take that nine and a half. Damn, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do six and a half, but nine and a half, I, I like, I lean, I lean. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I gotta. I, this is our toughest game of the year. Yep. yep. All right. I love that. I love that Spartan love coming from two uh, two alums here. Um, but uh, let's let's also send that love out to our listeners. Thank you all for listening to Tap Room Sports Podcast and Episode Twelve. Um, you know, going going strongly out there for for you guys for three months now. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at Taproom underscore sports on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast and our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Taproom Sports Podcast. Or just visit www.taproomsportspodcast.com where you can find all of our social media accounts and checking out our new in our new merchandise in collaboration with the glory. Oh, talking about Taproom Sports, we're going to talk about Taproom Sports Podcast Network. So make sure you check out that APR podcast for all of your NFL Week 9 previews as Jordan and I are joined by Steady Eddie, giving you all those in and outs for the betting and fantasy football weeks. Yes. Check out Eddie's last minute fantasy booms and busts in the weekend waiver wire and make sure to check out next week's pod with some special guests to talk beer and sports very special guests i'm really looking forward to next week super excited we're we're gonna have a lot of insight here so i am big ballin ben larson with my co-host jordan stacks on stacks on stacks last last time i tell you this go vote and thank you everyone who have already voted Yes. Out.